a nice firm Chris for your favorite podcast. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Teen It Up with Connor and Vladdy. I'm your host, Connor. A big episode today. One of our favorites. Uh, one where I'm sorry to my future employer, but one we're pretty horned up for. Uh, it's one that we've been previewing for a while. We took a week off in order to prepare for it. But first, we'll start with our normal introductions. What's up, man? How you doing? Uh, I'm I'm doing well. Uh, for the first time in three weeks, this or I guess for the first time in the last four weekends, I was home last week, and instead of being able to relax, um, a, a dickhead friend of mine booked a seven a.m. tea time, so I had to wake up at six a.m. on Saturday. Um, I it's it's for golf. It's okay. It's just I was kind of looking forward to a weekend of relaxing, not having to do up north stuff, golf trips, whatever it might be. It is what it is. I'm doing well. Work's going well. We got a four. I got a nice four day week, so I'm halfway through my week already. I'm I'm very excited. You know, college football's back, so I'm great. How are you? I'm good, man. Uh, this was my my fourth and one, two, three. So this is my third straight weekend being out of town. Um, went to the west side of the state. Had a good time. Also got a round of golfing. Um. Yeah, but I'm good. School starts on Monday, so I'm kind of just soaking in and just trying to be as high as possible in life these next five days um, before I kind of have to go back to the grind. So I figured if I, I close it out with some good. You froze. At least. You froze just then. Sorry. Yeah, okay. Sorry. It's saying my internet is unstable. Do you hear me again? I hear you, yes. Unfortunately, my roommate bought this, what I would consider relatively expensive internet that is horrible and never works on my phone. Um, this is the first time it's giving me trouble on my laptop, but um, I guess I really hope this doesn't continue because we got a lot to talk about today. Yeah, we'll figure uh, out. With, with week zero, I'll just kind of get into it because no one really actually wants to hear about me. Uh, once week zero starts on Saturday, uh, kind of previewed with Notre Dame playing Navy overseas um, and then USC playing San Jose state. And then in about 10 days from now, uh, Michigan state will play Friday night. And then a lot of teams also will play Friday night. Anyways, week one of the college football season, a week and a half away. Uh, we're going to do a, a full preview of college football for this episode. We're going to break down conference by conference as far as uh, the last year, of the big five goes or the power five goes. Uh, we'll go over some playoff picture scenarios uh, and then uh, kind of our predictions and some candidates that we see for uh, the Heisman Trophy as well. Uh, so with that said, is there a conference you wanted to start with? I figured we go conference by conference and then look. I was the actually going to start with an independent just because they headline week zero, Notre Dame, yeah. uh, entering effectively year two of Marcus Freeman, even though you can technically call it year 2.1 because he took over in the bowl game from uh, – why am Brian I drawing Kelly. Brian Kelly? I don't know why I was about to say something Ferentz, but um, yeah, it took over for Brian Kelly. Uh, honestly, by Notre Dame standards, they have a pretty tough schedule. Ohio State this time at home. They have USC as always. They get Clemson. It is still year two of a new coach trying to kind of establish his own identity, especially at a kind of a tougher school to to recruit at. Um, yeah. 
I could see them just kind of going with an, I'll call it a nine and three ish and ish being plus or minus one win. Maybe they drop yeah. one they're not supposed to drop and maybe they steal one they're not supposed to steal. Um, but it's just kind of for Notre Dame, it's about building a basis, letting Marcus Freeman get another year to kind of instill what he wants to do with his guys now, get another year of his guys getting older, and just kind of set the blueprint for what will be the 12-team playoff and what Notre Dame should never miss another playoff again. Yeah. Keep, as long as Notre Dame is allowed to keep scheduling teams from like the the big two or the, those conferences they that they have partnerships with and the, the rivalries they have, they should never miss the playoff again. So they can win 10 games every single year, finish the season ranked 10th, and make the playoff. Yeah. Uh, I, I Like what you mentioned, started with the Marcus Freeman being year two. As the last year started again, I think people forget because it did end up being okay. Uh, the dreadful 0-2 start. Um, oh, yeah. What was It, it was Marshall year. who beat him, right? Marshall and Ohio State, but that one was kind of expected. Uh, but I think people kind of were – hostile towards him and didn't see him as the guy and as the year went on they ended up being fine ranked um full game again uh this year nothing different i think the team like you said is a little better uh and is going is technically speaking as far as a roster sake uh probably more of a contender than last year's team uh, but again you mentioned the schedule i don't see them winning um of those three you mentioned i don't see them winning more than one of them yep uh so that's two losses right there that again, nine and three, ten and two team. I do think Sam Hartman is going to make a huge difference this year. He's good. He's probably a top ten quarterback in the entire country. Uh, so I look for that to be kind of maybe the difference maker between last year's team and this year's team. But again, like you, I don't see them being anywhere near the playoff picture. Yep. Um, actually, going to a conference now, Josh. Sorry, you I mean we mentioned Notre Dame in Week Zero? Might as well get a quick preview for them as well, since they're very important. They have golden helmets. They have a big TV deal with NBC. They're, that that's quite the school, man. Um, I want to just start with the Pac-12. You know, the the last year of the Pac-12. Yeah. So, I'm. I guess I'll start it out. I think this will be the best Pac-12 that we've seen in recent memory. Now, granted, this doesn't suddenly mean that they'll be vying to put two teams in the playoff. I still think they'll end up doing the Pac-12 usual where they cannibalize on themselves and have a two-loss conference champ. But the level of quarterback play when the rest of the country is trying new guys, Caleb Williams, Cam Rising again, Bo Nix, Michael Penix Jr., I mean, they've, I mean, Chip Kelly, I'm sure will find somebody at UCLA because he always does and he runs that crazy offense. The, the, the Pac-12 is going to be an incredibly exciting conference for those kind of late-night games, the Pac-12 after dark, so they can get a nice QB versus QB matchup. Um, it, I think it's going to be very exciting. This is going to be one of the few times where maybe staying up a little late to watch their game is okay. I mean, kind of starting off with some of the teams. Starting off with some of the teams um, – I'll just kind of start out with what I think will be most people's favorite to win the conference, USC. Um, you return the Heisman. You return the number one pick, Caleb Williams. Lincoln Riley gets another year to fine-tune his team, another year of his guys. They do have a tough schedule, though. Um, I was looking at yeah. it. They play Utah, Oregon, Washington in, in conference, and they have Notre Dame out of conference. So yeah. it's uh, that's that's kind of a brutal schedule for a, what is it, year two or three Lincoln Riley? I think year two. Yeah, and I actually had that noted down as well. 
Uh, I know you went through the teams, but Notre Dame, Utah, Washington, Oregon, UCLA are five of their last six games. So that's kind of a brutal, not only just schedule, but hard way to end the schedule down the stretch, especially for a team that is trying to compete for a playoff spot this year. Yeah. So I guess we'll see how the depth holds up. I know that was kind of an issue for them as the year progressed last year. It's just kind of the, hey, you know, Lincoln might have been able to bring that top end talent, but he's not filled out the roster with his guys. And if someone goes down, it it, it goes tits up kind of. Um, I'll kind of, I'm not going to talk too much about Utah. They were kind of my sleeper pick last year for the playoff. And then they went and lost to Anthony Richardson in the swamp in kind of heartbreaking fashion. Um, and it kind of derailed the hopes because they lost two more games in the regular season. And then, as usual, they they win the Pac-12 title game because that's what the Pac-12 always does, knocking USC out of the playoff. I mean, they bring back Cam Rising once again, which we've always said returning quarterbacks were key in, in this day and age yeah. of college football. But they lost so much everywhere else that I, I do think this is kind of a team that is – a little bit more of a modest nine and three. I don't really, I don't really see any dark horse hopes for them. No, uh, I actually have them in my Pac-12 final. I think okay. the Cam Rising thing is he's actually at, once we'll get to the Heisman talks, he's one of my sleepers. Uh, I think he again is also a top ten quarterback in the country, um, and I just have a slightly more faith, maybe because in my head they've had better results the last two, three years towards the end of seasons and probably who I would say is the third best team in the Pac-12, and that's Washington. Um, however, Washington has also has a quarterback. Uh, you mentioned in Michael Penix Jr., again, a, in my sleeper list, who is going to air raid the ball, is, going, is also 37 years old, still playing college football. Um, and I think in that offense – I don't know. It's 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 just weird because Washington hasn't been able to piece together a full season, and I don't really see that changing, just because they have an old quarterback who's been solid in the past. Yeah. See, I, I, I actually have Washington in my Pac-12 title game. I think it's a little bit more than just Michael Penix. I mean, they've got the uh, the the big receiver Roe Madunze. They've got some some other NFL talent. Um, I do think it's a little bit more of a complete Washington team than in years past, but yeah, it's just this, this conference is like we said, there's, there's six teams who could probably put their hand in the air with some level of confidence and say, I can win this conference. And that's probably the most out of any of them. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And the, I, I kind of had you, it's weird. I put Utah cause in my tiers, I did have USC Washington in their own tier. And then I had Oregon, Oregon state and Utah in kind of the second tier of that division. Mm-hmm. Oregon State's an interesting one for me because they haven't been good in any capacity in recent memory. Uh, yet this is kind of the year that people are saying that they're a legit top 15 to 18 team in the country. Uh, they're going to start DJ Ugalalea or however the heck you say it. Ugalalele. From Clemson, and we kind of saw how that went after being kind of this heralded five-star prospect behind Trevor Lawrence. Um, just never really got anything going at all for Clemson offensively in two two years as a starter. I think this is year two now. Okay, I thought at he was Oregon I State. Was... I think he had one year Clemson, one year Oregon State. No, he was at Oregon. He was at Clemson last year. Oh, then this is then this is year one at Oregon State. Okay. Uh, I, I mixed up my years. Uh, but, yeah, so I they're kind of, as far as what I had, I said, how good are they? 
Uh, are they in that six legit in that six team mix? Yes. Um, I don't know about UCLA either. I don't, to be honest, I don't know enough about them. They lose probably, uh, they lose their star running back. Uh, but it seems like Chip Kelly's done a great job recruiting for a school that's not necessarily known as a football school. Uh, so will they stay kind of relevant that they have to the level that they have in the last two years? That's another question mark I had. Um, and as far as maybe not the top, uh, I had Deion Sanders in the start of Colorado. How's that going to go? Uh, we'll be able, will they kind of, I'll read you their schedule and it could, it could get brutal for a team that was already one in 12 last year and kind of has these, like, I don't know, these kind of wavering expectations with Dion. So they play in their first uh, five games, they'll play TCU, Nebraska, Oregon, and USC, and three of those four are away as well. Oh, and five. Yeah. I don't know. I don't even know who the fifth team is yet, but oh, and five. It was like a random FCS team. But Okay, I'll give them one. One and four. I'll be nice to them. So you're looking at, yeah, you're looking at three top 15 teams and then probably in another power five school in your top five games. Uh, yeah. And so it's not even like, will the talent be there? Cause I think there it's way too early to make any kind of judgment on his tenure at Colorado as it goes on. Um, but it'll be ugly. And I think uglier than people expect. Uh, that That's where I was going to go with it. I'm glad you said it. Uh, not only was this team abysmal last year, I mean, I think they have like 40 kids on scholarship right now. He showed up and basically told everyone that was there, leave. I'm going to bring my own guys in. I, I I, think this team has no depth. This is this is purely a let me find 15 pieces that will be there for next year when I'll find 15 more pieces. That's yeah. I, I think this is going to be a very bad season for Colorado. And, yeah, like I said, that's not an indictment on – Deion Sanders as a coach it's just you took over a terrible situation and because you are Deion Sanders you kind of went in there and said listen I'm going to do it my way if you're not one of my guys pack your bags and that I think that just led to I think that leads to a lack of bodies we'll see what happens but I have no interest in this team doing anything what remotely whatsoever uh so conference champion I'm gonna say USC just because it's the easy pick. I've got USC and Washington in my title game, and at that point, I think it's kind of a toss-up. Yeah, I have USC as well. Uh, I think if you're going to name a team that is going to get in that's not kind of the name the big five, we'll say. I'll, I'll put LSU in and make it the big five um, just because of the program history uh, and they're ranked fifth. Uh, but if any team is going to make it in the playoff that's not from the top five, I think it's USC. Um, and I'm going to end with reiterating the statement that you made that while this is probably the most talented conference that should deserve to get a team into the playoff, they're not going to because they all have to play each other and there'll be no one loss team. They'll, they'll all be two yep. to two loss or worse. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a little disappointing. Maybe. Maybe Caleb Williams does even more than we expect. Um, and maybe he does lead USC to a 12 and one kind of playoff berth. But we'll get there when we get there. It's a long season. Um, again, this will be one of the few times where it's kind of enjoyable staying up late to watch some college football. So I, I definitely look forward to the Pac 12 more so than some of the other conferences. So, yeah. Uh, did you want to, which conference did you want to move on to? Do you want to just work our way east, go to the Big 12? Big 12, yep. Uh, hold on, let me get my notes ready. 
Yeah, I was gonna say I need to do the same thing. Um, I found I found him, so I'm gonna go ahead. Uh, th- I mean, I would just say this kind of seems like it's Texas's conference to lose, and if we've if we've learned about anything about Texas over the last decade, that's exactly what they're gonna do. They're gonna find a way to not be conference champs. They're gonna find a way to not be in the playoff because I think this is kind of a relatively easy path forward for them. Um, they have a game in Tuscaloosa, which pretty much force them to be perfect from then on out because they're probably going to lose. Um, I actually don't think this is a very deep conference at all. I mean, TCU last year's national runner-up loses so much of their everything from the previous year. Oklahoma is a roller coaster. Brent Venables had a disastrous season. I think it was their first losing season since like 1995 as a program at OU. Uh it seems like Oklahoma State is kind of one of those up, down, up, down teams, and I think they're in a down. I, I, I think, I think this is got to be Texas conference. Yeah, uh, I don't think Texas and Oklahoma's last year, um, and obviously they add BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, uh, and UCF now, uh, and they'll add Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah next year. So, again, another conference that's getting a completely new look this year and will also look completely different next year. Um, Yeah, I also said Texas is by far the favorite. Um, It's a question mark for me whether they can actually get down and do it because it does seem, as you mentioned, it's the year-old thing with a lot of these blue blood programs. Are they back? Is Nebraska back? Is USC back? Is Notre Dame back? Is – Texas back is the one and biggest question mark every single year. And it seems to never fail that this is not 2006 with Michael or Michael Beck, Vince Young. Um, I actually don't have a ton of faith in Quinn yours. I know he's the second fit favorite to win the Heisman this year. I think he's a great player. I don't, I think losing B. John Robinson makes a bigger difference than people realize. Uh, as far as the rest of the conference, I think Oklahoma will be much better than six and seven that they were last year. Um, are they a legit contender to be 10 plus wins? No, probably not. Uh, TCU, again, I know you you mentioned it. They lose eight draft picks. Um, Kansas State, who also had a very good year for a non-traditional uh, football powerhouse. They also lost a lot after being uh, playing in a New Year's Six game last year uh, and getting pummeled by Alabama. It's kind of... As far as teams with a shot, I really only see Texas, Kansas State, and Oklahoma even having a chance. When you uh, say chance at the playoff or chance at, like, the the actual conference title? Chance at the actual conference championship. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm kind of in a similar boat. I, I just kind of want to quickly mention two teams specifically, and then I'll kind of continue on that. Um, Texas does return 10 of 11 starters on offense. I mean, obviously, that one starter is B. John Robinson. That is not an easy player to replace. But I do think that that sets up nicely for them that Quinn Ewers will have some familiarity with his receivers. He'll have some familiarity in the pocket. That's another year of the offensive line getting ready. And I also think it maybe does give Quinn Ewers another another kind of kind of step to showcase what his talent is because now he doesn't have to turn around and hand it off to Bijan or dump it off to Bijan oh. and let him get all the, the yards. He's got to do it himself. So if the talent really is there and if he really was that $1 million quarterback at Ohio State as a high schooler and all that pizzazz that we heard two, three years ago, go show it, man. Go show it. Play your way into the top 10 of the NFL draft. Um, The other team I want to mention is Oklahoma, but more so from the prospect of 
like I, like I mentioned, that was a disastrous season. And if, if they don't follow it up with a step forward, like you said, it doesn't have to be 10 wins, but you can't go back-to-back losing seasons at Oklahoma, especially a year before you're heading to the SEC. Because I think if that happens, they, they, they start drowning. They end up some middle-of-the-pack SEC team. It's weird because the 2024 recruiting class is really good. Um, and it seems like he's doing a good job recruiting Venable. Uh, but I don't really see any buzzer on this team. Are they even ranked in the preseason? They are. I think they're 20th. Yeah. Nah, they're, they're the back end. But yeah, and then as always, there's going to be your TCUs, your Baylors, your Kansas States. In yep. terms of in terms of the Big 12 title game, because they all play each other and because there's no divisions, it's not as easy to kind of directly predict. Just give me two of Texas, Oklahoma, TCU, Baylor, Kansas State, and Oklahoma State. Give me two of those. Okay. I, I'm not going to sit here prediction. Uh, a sleeper team that I don't think actually has a chance, but uh, is going to be a seven-plus win team this year that is not traditionally one, uh, is Kansas. Uh, they obviously had the great start last year uh, before kind of going down. Jalen Daniels returns. He, I think he's one of the best quarterbacks in the conference, if not probably the second best to Quinn Ewers. Uh, so look out for them. I, now, again, this is me saying this is an eight-win football team, nine-win peak football team. Um, so obviously not near the top of even the conference probably. It's probably third or fourth at best. Uh, but just a team that I think will surprise some people. Um, after kind of being a ha-ha, and I know they're on Blatty's ha-ha list for the rest <laughs> of the conference. It's also, I'll make another point. Uh, it, it sucks because it looks like none of the additions are good at all. So I wonder how that plays out as far as the long-term. These teams can get good. Uh, UCF has obviously a history of being good. BYU has been ranked in past years. Houston has a, a bunch of NFL talent come through the program. They look bad this year. Cincinnati made a playoff two years ago. That team looks awful. Obviously, they lost Luke Fickle to Wisconsin. Uh, but it seems like all of those new additions are in down years for even their program, yep. which should be interesting. Yeah, I, I, honestly, I kind of forgot that those teams were even joining this season. I thought they were kind of following everyone else next year. Or outcome for the Big 12. Oh, you froze again. I'm sorry. I, I think yeah, I definitely yeah. got you off. No, I wasn't. I wasn't talking. I felt I stopped and then it froze. What did you uh, say? Oh, I was. I was just gonna say. Um, yeah, I kind of completely forgot that these teams were even coming into the Big Twelve this year. Like you mentioned it perfectly, they're gonna be some. It seems like they're just gonna be some lower tier Big Twelve teams that maybe the bigger schools kind of pick on, get some, get some wins. And not that that's a bad thing. Like you say you you lose some coaches, you move into a bigger conference. It takes a while to get your footing. So. It's a good place for those kind of smaller schools to get their way into and kind of build a stable conference that kind of that third behind the SEC and the Big Ten for the future. But right now, no, uh, I don't know future for uh, no future for the big for the Big Twelve schools, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, I had as far as my prediction, I have Texas winning it. Uh, I says as as uh, Texas comes out, Big Twelve begins their non-relevancy on the national stage because as much as I think Texas is the favorite. They are not a playoff team. They're going to lose to Alabama at Alabama. And then you're telling me that they can win 11 games in this conference, even as weak as we just said it was. You still have to go to Oklahoma. You still have to play Kansas State. You still have to play TCU. Yep. Uh, I see them just a loss in there. I just don't see them not stumbling another game besides the Alabama game. Agreed. That's uh, Like I said, I, I'm not even going to 
I'm not even going to give my faith in Texas because they've fumbled the bag so many times that I can't even give them the benefit of the doubt. No, just give me they're, two of the two of those six teams I mentioned earlier. They're the hardest, hardest to give credit to because it's just year after year, and they're so rabid. And so I'd argue that them and Michigan are just the most rabid, entitled, like we are winners fan base, despite not being. Well, at least Michigan did a couple things the last 24 months. Yes, Michigan has changed that narrative. You're right. But, okay, Big 12, check mark. Do we want to head to the the ACC and then leave the two main conferences for last? Yeah, yeah, I like that idea. Uh, Believe it or not, as not good as this conference is, I think – Actually, I already said USC would be, so that would be contradicting myself. Um, I think there's two huge question marks on the two best teams in this conference, and then the rest of the conference sucks. Uh, So where will those two teams be, and how good are they actually? I don't think we'll actually find out. Uh, We'll find out Florida State pretty quickly. They play LSU, I think, week two or three. Week Uh, one. Week one. It's next Sunday. It's in 12 days or however long that is to Sunday. Okay. There you go. So 12 days, we'll figure figure that out. Clemson, I know they play Notre Dame, and I know they play the two play each other, but other than that, we won't really see what they're all about. Um, Clemson and Florida State. Uh, I could see each of these teams being just as good as the top five, and I could see both of these teams not even being top 25 teams at the end of the year. Uh, I think the only other competitive team in the conference is North Carolina, and that's because they have the second-best quarterback in the country on their team. Um, however, I wouldn't like, there's a part of me that thinks, is this a Sam Howell like decline, uh, a guy that Sam Howell was supposed to be a top five pick after his, uh, right before his draft year, and then had a suckish draft year on a very okay North Carolina team after being good on a good North Carolina team, uh, and then fell later in the draft to the fourth round in his draft year. Uh, so that's something to look out that Drake May and North Carolina might ha- have the same team around him that he did last year. Um, uh, and a bunch of teams that will be competitive. I mean, Duke looks to be competitive from all things I've seen this year. I know Clemson plays them week one. That'll be an interesting game week one. Um, Pitt looks good as usual. Louisville will be competitive. And hopefully Miami can stay at relevancy or Mario Cristobal went to Miami for nothing. Yeah. Um, Kind of the two teams you said that are worth mentioning. Uh, a lot's going to be found out about FSU in week one. And it's kind of funny because this is exactly why teams like Michigan and Georgia refuse to schedule power five opponents. Because yep. one of LSU or Florida State is going to be considered a fraud, chokers, out of the playoff race in week one. Just because they had the balls to schedule another big team. So I think that it's kind of funny. I, I guess like. Kudos to kudos to them for giving us something entertaining and giving themselves a reason to kind of a test because I mean you watch Michigan against TCU Michigan gave themselves no tests all year TCU punched them in the mouth and they folded like a lawn chair um, but I, I do it think is. that it's I think it's a two horse race yeah uh, Clemson Florida State UNC could get carried as far as Drake May can carry them but you bring up a very valid point you lose some receivers you lose some production you lose some help around you are you going to take a step back yourself yeah uh the florida state one's interesting i know i'll get to it a little more when we go to the sec 
But as far as most hyped teams going into this year, uh, that I think may not deserve it or are like questionably deservedly so, or remind me the most of Texas A&M last year, I think it's LSU and Florida State, and they're going to play each other week one, and we'll see who's who. So. See, I actually – I don't think Florida State's really that bad. Um, uh, one thing well, like They were was, nothing last year. I know Jordan Travis is one of the better quarterbacks. They bring in Keon Coleman and a couple other transfers, but, like, you, I got to see it. Yeah, no, I – they are kind of teetering into that Texas range of, hey, like, you've you've failed so many times that we can't give you benefit of the doubt anymore. Maybe this is my last straw of, like, giving a benefit of the doubt. Or maybe that, what I was about to say is I'm just enamored by their two wide receivers. Um, Keon Coleman is 6'4", and the other kid, uh, Johnny Wilson, is 6'6". They've got a pair of giants. How are you supposed to cover two of those guys in the field at yeah. the same time? I'm sure their tight end is 17 feet tall as well. Uh, it's, that's one of the few things I found the interesting about FSU. But I also think the quarterbacks in that game are also like, I think Jordan Travis and I wrote down the LSU kids' names somewhere. Jaden Daniels. Jaden Daniels. Fun that's fact: right. I think he beat Michigan State twice at Arizona State, or just once. I forget which how which one it was. Are two of the more I think hyped up quarterbacks for little. Also, like their team, I think are a little too hyped up going into this year. But again, um, those things could change. Uh, I think Clemson wins this. I actually don't think Clemson. I think Clemson is somewhat back. Uh, new offensive coordinator. It's going to look completely different from what I've heard. Club Nick, it's the Club Nick era. He obviously took over for DJ. I won't even try to say it this time. At the end of the year, it's his offense. It's his team. Uh, that, like I said, they played Duke and Florida State, I think, in the first four weeks. Um, so they'll be kind of tested early. And then they won't play anybody besides Notre Dame the rest of the year. So will we actually know what they're like or how good they're playing come December? Who knows? Uh, I do. Th- I just have a little more faith in them and what they've done. Yeah. Uh, and their track record leads me to take them over Florida State. I have Clemson as well. And I, I'll get to this in my scenario, but I don't think Cle- – I think Clemson is barely a top-10 team. Um, but if I had to pick – a. Uh, if I had to pick a second team that's not in the top two, top five to be in the playoff that's not USC, it's Clemson, just kind of how because of how the situation could work out and the schedule works out. For them. Yep. Uh, let's go to the SEC. Uh, let's stay down south. Um, I mean, it's one half of what the future of college, in quotation marks, football is going to look at. I don't really want to talk too much else about the conference just because, like, we all kind of know what it is. I'd rather just get into the teams. Yep. Um, I mean, let's start with the obvious Georgia trying for the first three-peat since the 1930s. Um, that's pretty difficult. Uh, they lose their veteran, and I mean military veteran, not uh, sports veteran kind of quarterback, Stetson Bennett. All, he he had to go he had to go legally retire because he was too old to keep working. They told him, "Hey man, we got to start paying your pension. You got to get out of here." Um, I will say, good for them. They are Georgia. They're not going to play anybody with a pulse. 
in yep. the non-conference, and the SEC prevents them from playing Alabama in the regular season. So they are not going to touch a team with a pulse until Tennessee in week 14. And I actually think Tennessee's kind of fraudulent this year with everything they lost. So George is going to waltz into the SEC title game at 12-0, and and they're going to be in the playoff again. Yeah, it's interesting because I do think uh, this is probably – I sit, take this with a grain of salt because I'm going to back it up and kind of contradict myself. I think this is the worst of the three teams as far as the back-to-backs and then this year goes. Yep. Uh, no quarterback established. Uh, just continually losing drafted talent uh, with a lot of guys unproven on this year's team. With that said, they're still uber talented. They've still had the top three recruiting classes the last two years. They still have established that they are the top dog in the sport. And like you said, they play in the SEC West, so they won't play anybody relevant, a.k.a. the only other two teams. And as deep as the SEC is, as usual, I do think this is really only a three-team conference. Uh, It's Georgia, Alabama, LSU, and I don't see anyone else even threatening those three this year. Uh, I know teams in the past have. I think the next – I think you look probably the next best are AM if that recruiting class can formulate, if Tennessee can be a form of what it was last year. And then I wrote down six teams that could I could see winning nine or ten games. Sorry, my dog just came in. She wants to join the podcast. Marlo, get out. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, I'll just say one thing about the SEC. Um, I think – this like they are the epitome of why you need a governing body. They're they're I think they're the greatest uh, con artists there is. Like everyone likes to talk about how Georgia and Alabama don't like they get that extra bye week, but all of the teams get the extra bye week in the form of an FCS school. So all of the teams get their win totals inflated by one. So all of their other teams get an get a get an extra win on an inflated team. I think they I think it's the most just trickle down bullshit effect. I. The, I, like you talk with though it's the deepest conference ever and the, I don't think it is I I think the, again you mentioned the SEC West Texas A&M in my opinion is is kind of on uh, Jimbo Fisher's last straw if this uh, if this recruiting class that they paid for two years ago doesn't turn out to be what they think it is I think he's getting fired um they're not in the West but you mentioned Tennessee they yeah. They lose so much with two two NFL receivers. You lose your quarterback. What is Joe Milton other than a cannon? Is he an accurate cannon? I don't know. I don't think so. But then again, Josh Hoipel is kind of brought up as this like messiah of offensive scheme and being able to get guys open. So we'll see what happens. I mean, Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin, interesting, but I don't really see long-term stability there or some kind of great team. I think that's one of the kind of the byproducts of we get an extra win every year and we beat a couple of teams that get extra wins. So our wins look like they're better than they really are. Yeah. I I, I don't think SEC is great. I'm sure they'll win another national championship, but in terms of the, oh, it's the deepest thing ever and they win so much and everyone no. can beat everyone and give Vanderbilt to Ohio State and watch them slap them across the field like the SEC slappies like to say. That, that's just not the case. No, and I, I, I like that you said that because after uh, the big three and then I had category of AM and Tennessee, then I had six teams that I think could win five games or could surprise you and win 10 because there's just so many question marks about certain spots. Yep. And that's Florida, Arkansas, Auburn, Kentucky, Ole Miss. 
could either be five and seven or 10 and two. And we won't find out until November. So who's your title? Uh, game? I, sorry. Who's your title game? My title game is for the, however many years in a row, actually did Tennessee play last year? No, but Alabama, oh, no. if that's what you're okay. trying to say. Ah, right. So for the 17th year in a row, Georgia and Alabama will play in the SEC final. No, but um, Alabama didn't play last year. They lost to LSU and LSU played. Oh, that's right. Okay. So besides last year. Um, yeah, I kind of forgot about that game. What a crazy game that was. Um, I just don't think LSU is quite there yet with Brian Kelly's regime. Uh, as good as they are going to be, and they have two of probably the top five most talented players in football and defense. Um, and Harold Perkins and uh, what's the other kid's what's uh, the other kid's name? The corner. Yes. Yeah, I, corner. I, I'm I'm drawing a blank, but yeah, Harold Perkins is filthy. Um, I I I was kind of smiling. I know the people listening can't see it, but I was smiling because I have Georgia and LSU in the title game. Oh wow! So so I'm gonna make the contradicting point to what you're about to say. Then so say it. I was gonna say, last year Alabama football was closer to being seven and five than they yeah. were to being twelve and zero. Yep. They lose Will Anderson. They lose Bryce Young. They lose Jameer Gibbs. I. They don't have NFL first round talent wide receivers. I think I I. This is kind of, I've talked a little bit earlier about the, the benefit of the doubt thing. I'm not saying that they're going to fall off a cliff and actually go seven and five, but I think you're kind of looking at the actual beginning of the end to Nick Saban's Alabama dynasty. You know, we say that every three years when they don't win a title every two years, and then he goes and wins a title in the third year. Um, I was looking at this two years is the longest title drought he's had at Alabama. It's happened twice. He's on pace to win a national title again because he doesn't go three years without winning one. But I just – this is not the same team that we saw for the last four or five years running around with Mac Jones and Tua and then Bryce Young, even though they didn't get it done with him because of some injuries. They don't have the wide receiver talent. I think I think this Alabama team does not get it done. You make really good points. I just looked at it this way that so many people are kind of at number four in the country are kind of saying similar things to what you're saying and that this is not the Alabama team of old. Nick Saban is done. He will never do it. Yet we've still looked at a top five recruiting class for the last three years. We still have a, a quarterback competition with three, five former five-star quarterbacks coming in. Yeah, but Milrow sucks. sucks. If, if that's one of the quarterbacks you're talking about, he can't throw for shit. No, is that the, the runner guy that played yeah. when Bright? I don't think he's winning. I think it's the McCord guy. McCord's at OSU, isn't he? Or, oh, no, players. you're right. You're totally right. You're totally right. I got white guys mixed up. Uh, <laughs> I, I can't remember the Alabama kid's name. The white kid, though. Um, anyways. With that said, this is still Nick Saban we're talking about. I think people are not giving them the benefit of the doubt that they should put respect on their name. They are Alabama, and they are still here. They're still the top dog, and they're going to show it to the dogs of Georgia this year. All right, different question. Does Alabama get into that title game 12-0 for you, or do you think they slip up somewhere? No, so this is so this is kind of my biggest thing in that 
and this might be diving into our playoff picture a little too early. Uh, I guess this is this SEC title game. No, they don't. And so I think it opens the door. It could possibly open the door for uh, one of these other one loss conference champions yep. to come in. Unfortunately, I don't think there's going to be one. Uh, so that's kind of my next point in that I, I, I had trouble picking it because I, I think it's more likely that there's a one loss non-conference Alabama team than there is a one loss uh, other conference champion. Yeah. I, I I I probably agree with that. Um, so I have a, so okay, so I have Georgia Bama, Georgia wins. I have Georgia, yeah, I have Georgia winning the that the title game, but I haven't playing LSU. I don't know. I don't really love the Daniels kid. Well, he's an uh, asshole. They hated him at at Arizona State, but he, he's a talented asshole. I'll give him that. Yeah. And they and look, he's Brian Kelly's done a great job since he's been there. He's attacked the portal. He's had two good recruiting classes, Um, and I hate him so much that I really don't want him to be good. So maybe that's and and I think I kind of forget that how good they ended up and look and how good they looked at the end of last year. To be honest, they were trending in the right direction as the season. It was a really good stabilizing season. Uh, I feel like a lot of people don't remember. After the national title and the two seasons following, they were 11 and 12 overall. Yeah. He came in, I think they were 10 and four at the end of uh, the, the season with when it was all was said and done. So they certainly, certainly gave themselves uh, a kind of a building block, like we said with Brent Venables, if you got to get one of those. And yeah, Brian Kelly has done an amazing job kind of stabilizing the program and putting them at the up in the upper echelons of the SEC. And we'll move on to the hometown conference, our final of the Power Five, the Big Ten, or as it will be formally next year, the Big 18. (laughs) Uh, So I have one note for this conference. It's a one-game season in the Big Ten. There's one game that matters. It's going to be played in the Horseshoe in Columbus. And that's all that – sorry, it's going to be played at the Big (laughs) My bad. Where is it going to be played at the the big house in Ann Arbor, the day after th- two days after Thanksgiving. And that's the only game that matters in this conference. Like you talk about the SEC being overrated and not being that deep. This is going to be year two of the Big Ten being the big trash conference. I think this conference is garbage besides the big three teams. Yeah, so I was uh, that's the one thing I was I was hoping that uh, you would mention is I give Penn State a little bit more credit than you do. Um, Michigan has to travel to Happy Valley. And unfortunately, because Fox is a bunch of dickheads, they wouldn't let them play the game at night. They said, we need Gus and Joel at noon, and you guys can go screw yourselves. Here's Iowa for a whiteout, which is atrocious. The best game should be played at the best times under the best environments. Michigan should be playing in the whiteout, but they're not. Um, yep. I, I, don't want, I don't want to count out Penn State this early. I um, uh, see. I think the Penn Penn State's great, and those recruiting classes and some of the young guys they have are scary good. Like I wrote for the top players in this conference: Michigan running backs, Penn State running backs, and then I wrote like actual player names. Besides yeah, that. no, I mean both those two backfields are absurd. Yeah, yeah I mean Singleton and I think it's Katron Allen. Um, Penn State also has the, the. I'm assuming he's Hawaiian. Please don't cancel me for generalization, but his name sounds very Hawaiian. The one tackle who's yep, supposed to be a top 10 pick. 
He's filthy. They got the defensive line, which is probably their best of the uh, of kind of James Franklin's tenure. Yep. Now I keep comes down. The, I was gonna say I keep bringing the whole benefit of the doubt thing. James Franklin is a lunatic who always yep. implodes under pressure. So we'll see what happens. But I don't like. I don't want to sit here and call it a one game season. I'm gonna call it a three game season. Michigan yep. OSU. OSU Penn State, Michigan Penn State, that's your three-game season. Whichever one of the teams gets to the Big Ten title game with one loss, they're going to be in the playoff because in the West, there's nobody. It's year one of Luke Fickle, and they're completely changing that program. They're going more pass offensive as opposed to the the stereotypical Wisconsin team where they line up five refrigerators at, at tackle, guard, and center, and they run the ball 65 times a game, which is coincidentally marked Antonio's wet dream. Um, One thing I'll add about Penn State and why I don't necessarily give them the benefit of the doubt is the true uh, as the freshman quarterback. Yeah. I know Ohio State is going to be introducing a first-year starter as well. Uh, and this kid from Penn State, high recruit, there's a lot of expectations around him. As much as you can troll Sean Clifford, he got the job done for a long time there. Uh, he never got them to probably the step they needed to get to. Um, but he did a quality job there for 700 years. So to to change that regime at the most important position, I think is kind of the difference yeah, that's, uh, between the big three um, it, is how good he will be because he'll, he'll be surrounded with great talent. Yeah. And that's oh, yeah. kind of my biggest note is I think they're a year away from being actually one, two, and three A. Mm-hmm. I see. Um, yeah. I mean, in terms of the other two teams, we'll kind of quickly go over it. Um, Ohio State. Um, I, I'm not gonna say the I'm not gonna say it's a hot seat. I mean they played for national title two seasons ago. They were just in the playoff, and to be honest, they're one missed kick away from winning a national title last year. But the kick didn't go in, and hindsight is 2020. So I think the pressure started to turn up on Ryan Day. Um, you, you get you get hammered by Michigan two years in a row. Um, again. If you win a national title last year, none of it matters because Michigan say, oh, we beat you. You'll just show them that little crystal ball and say, ha, screw you. But right. um, they didn't do it. Uh, they missed the kick. Um, you've got no returning quarterback. Um, and That said, though, the, some of the best toys for a quarterback. Oh, my. Yeah. Marvin Harrison Jr., Travion Henderson, they're loaded. With oh, offense. I mean, not, not I mean, you you mentioned those two guys, Emeka Buka and Mayan Williams, yeah. which are wide receiver two and RB two, are very very good. I mean, Marvin Harrison and Buka are, I I think is without question the best wide receiver room in America. Um, Henderson and Williams complement each other perfectly with the kind of the power back in Mayan Williams and a little bit more of a flashy, maybe some more speed with Henderson. Um, I think the defense is as we've said for the last two years, it is it's gonna be the big one. Um gone are the defenses of old that used to put a Bosa brother and Chase Young into the top five picks every single year, complemented by two top twenty corners every single year. So that I mean that hasn't happened in the last couple of years and you've seen the Ohio State teams of old kind of not be what we yep. what we kind of grew up with. With that said, uh, JT Tui Moalu, or however you say his last name, he kind of has the ability to play his way into that Bosa or Chase Young role where he's just causing havoc and terror off the edge, which I don't think they've had a guy who's even had that chance the last couple years. So they've got got the piece there. Um, It'll be tough. They lose both of their starting tackles from last year in uh, Paris Johnson and Dewan Jones. 
It's Ohio State. I'm sure they'll replace him. That that's a factory right. there, but it it's going to be tough. Uh, they have to beat Michigan. I, you can't sit here and rely on Michigan losing to Penn State on the road and Michigan State doing you a favor and beating Michigan, and then you get in on a technicality because you only have one loss, but yep. you beat Penn State and they have one loss, whatever it might be. So I think you have to you got you got to beat Michigan, and <laughs> haven't done that since 2019. So. We'll see what we'll see what they do. It, it's certainly an intri- intriguing team. Uh, if if Kyle McCord wins the job, he'll be reunited with his high school buddy Marvin Harrison. I'm sure they'll break all kinds of records together. But I I, I do want to bring up Michigan before we get to our team MSU, just because as far as the Wicked Witch of the East goes. Um, can you hear me now? Yes. Okay, sorry. I think I cut out again. So I missed your last point on Ohio State. I was there wasn't really much. It was just kind of formulating how they have to beat Michigan. Um, yeah, definitely. And as far as Michigan goes, I think probably the biggest. It's probably their biggest challenge in the last three years. You got seventeen to twenty-two returning starters, uh, especially at the most important position. They have the best running back room in the country between Donovan yep. Edwards and, and Blake Corum. Uh, a lot of the defense returns. I know there's some questions in the secondary. That's kind of all they've lost. Um, I wrote down if J.J. McCarthy takes the next step that people say he is, this is the best team in the country. Yeah. Um, if he doesn't, there's still a second fiddle to to Georgia and there's still bait for Ohio State. But if he takes another step this year, like people think he is, they are the best team in the country and they will not be beat this season. So I I, I took a similar style. I I led my notes off with I hate myself for saying this. For the first time in my life, I think Michigan football has a chance to win a national title. Like a genuine, you know what? You can show up and punch somebody back after they punch you. This is, without question, Harbaugh's best team. Um, They've got the SEC style of schedule where they get some free victories, don't have to risk anything at the beginning of the season. Whether that bites you at the end with your lack of preparedness, we'll find out. But this is... This is it. Uh, like you say, 17 returners. At some point, how long is Harbaugh sticking around? He's flirted with the NFL for the last two or three seasons. This kind of does feel like a keep everything back for one more try at it and then kind of take a step back because we lose so much. But We won't get to watch the first three games of them, unfortunately. I uh, don't think so he cares. That... He's, he's playing against Ann Arbor Pioneer, Ann Arbor Skyline, and then Celine. So it doesn't no, matter. No, 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 no. He's playing against uh, Eastern Carolina, who made a bowl game last year, UNLV, and Bowling Green, the Falcons. <laughs> Three riveting games for Michigan. Pumpkin schedule. That, it, it, it should be a felony to not schedule a Power 5 team for your fans. Yeah, it doesn't even have to be a good one. Like yeah. Just all power five team. Yeah, you're buying Michigan season tickets for one game. That's all you're doing. Yeah. Uh, and that one game is a game that I think they win. They move on yep. to the Big Ten championship. They play Wisconsin. I do think Luke Fickle ha- did enough in the transfer portal. He's a transfer quarterback. He is one of the best running backs in the country as well there. Uh, I think they all have enough in year one to win a very weak Big Ten West. I think that's only going to require going like eight and four. So uh, I think he can do that. And I think they'll come out of the West. Agreed. Um, 
I have Michigan versus I I had Michigan versus question 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 in my uh in my notes just because I I was leaning Wisconsin but because it is the Big Ten West you could see Iowa maybe hold win a couple games seven to three and make make it to there you could see you could see Purdue do something stupid and show up at six and six and just get boat raced but it doesn't really matter because whoever comes out of the East is going to win the, the conference is going to head to the playoff. Um, uh, we'll give a we'll give a quick shout out here to uh, our team. They really don't deserve to be talked about if they weren't our team. Oh, you hate them uh, so much, man. Michigan State University football team. The hopeful fan in me. This is the first note I wrote. The hopeful fan in me is thinking the D will improve enough to get a bowl game, but that is exactly what it is. Hopeful. This team <laughs> sucks. That's wow. my first note. No faith. No faith, man. Um. I guess what I, the, I, I went a little bit more in depth than that, but I just kind of said. Oh, that's just my first note. Oh, okay, I was going to say, I mean, it is a big year for Mel Tucker. Um, I would say, barring some disastrous 2-10, and 10, he's not getting fired this year. No, um, no. However, I mean, to most people, 6-6 six and six is the absolute bare minimum. To me, it's seven and five. I, I don't. I don't think six and six is good enough. I think that's crazy that you expect him to win seven games with this roster. Okay, I'm gonna. Uh, you look at the games they have to play. Even if they go out and lose all four of the big ones, the the Washington, Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State. After that, what is it? I, I think. I, I, so I I think there's only four four for sure wins on this on this go schedule. through them. Central Michigan. Sure. Richmond. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> Nebraska. Yes. And Indiana. You don't think Rutgers is a guaranteed win? I don't think Rutgers is a guaranteed win. I think oh. we should win. And I think we should win and we probably will, but I don't think it's a guaranteed win. Fair, I, I don't think Maryland's fair. a guaranteed win. Yeah, no, Maryland's Maryland's is gonna be that sneaky eight and four team. If they were an SEC team, they'd be nine and three. People would call them a top fifteen team and everyone would be like salivating over little two up but because it's a big 10 team we'll have an extra loss in there because they actually schedule real schools and every other team that beats maryland is not going to get that marquee victory over a top 15 program um if you if you haven't put it together yet for those listening i despise the way the sec is run i think it's a joke um the one thing i will say about michigan state is mel tucker does claim that this is his most talented team yet and I'm not going to sit here and dismiss this as a, oh, ha, 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 I have to say that. Like, you can't just blatant. Obviously, you can't blatantly say, oh, my team's trash. Yeah. But I, I don't disagree that from top to bottom, this could be his most talented team. Because if you look back at the 2021 season, it was hand the ball off to Kenny Walker, watch him do some magic, and then fake a handoff to Kenny Walker and throw it to Jaden Reed. Jaden Reed, yeah. So that team, yes, they had some really good top-end pieces that have since gone on to become high – round NFL draft picks by Michigan State standards. But when you look back at the actual team, Peyton Thorne, not that great of a quarterback. That offensive line was horrible. Horrible. Yeah. Horrible. I mean, you cannot be that bad two years later. So no. I hope to at least I hope to God. That defense, as we all know, is atrocious. You Ooh. can't continue to be that bad. So I'm going to assume that maybe that doesn't mean most talented team yet is suddenly some 10-win team, but I ho- I'd i like to hope that most talented team yet means that there is some level of, like, 
competence and balance to the point where it's not, we're going to outscore everybody 40 to 30. Right. Uh, so I actually went position by position to break this down. And how I like I it. I wrote Noah Kim, question mark, question mark, question mark. Sure. That's what he is. He's Agreed. a question mark. You wanted him to get the same reps as Peyton Thorne. You wanted Caden Hauser to get the same reps as Caden Thorne. You pushed him out of town after a two-year starter that took you to a New Year's Six Bowl two years ago. For a guy that hasn't beat him out, playing against him in practice every single day for three seasons now and has yet to break to, to beat him out. But you push Peyton Thorne out of town. So this is what you have now. Question mark. Yeah, I agree. Uh, wide receivers. You lost your two best players. And now you have Trey Mosley going to try and be Jaden Reed and Keon Coleman in one, one go of it. No returning receivers besides Mosley. Did we not steal They're, someone in the portal? We did, but I we haven't seen him play. That's fair. Running backs. Needs to be significantly better, especially that freaking Burger kid. I know the Broussard guy has moved on, and I know that we got some young guys coming in. Running back room sucked last year. No no in- inclination said it's that much better. Burger's still on the roster. He was horrible last year. The defensive line is actually going to be legit and one of the better ones in the Big Agreed. Ten. Agreed. They bring back pretty much all their team. They got Tunmai's Adele from a and I'm assuming that's – he was kind of one of the five stars that didn't work out as far as true freshmen. Yep. Uh, promising. Uh, lots of transfers, lots of returners, lots of guys back from injury last year. Uh, and a guy to look out for is Van Sumeran's younger brother. Uh, he was a four-star recruit. Uh, they redshirted him last year after he played the first four games. Look for him to take a big jump and be a superstar for the Spartans. Uh, the secondary also returns a lot of names. I wrote – this is literally what I wrote. Secondary returns a lot, but it's a lot of shit. <laughs> so I read like eight names that are coming back from the secondary, and I'm not convinced any of them are going to be bad. So then I, I wrote under that the line of shit part. I said, you hope the number of guys you brought in slash are returning that by the sheer number of those guys, someone will be good and we will be slightly better. Yeah. Is Cal Halliday still there? I want to see Cal Halliday is still there. I, was oh, I can't him. wait to see Goldilocks run around with no gloves on. <laughs> he's kind of the star of the defense. He's still a good player. Uh, he I think he sucks. <laughs> you think he sucks? I think he's probably the, arguably the best player on the defense. That's an issue. Uh, and then I wrote uh, – You're cutting out again, sir. I'm gonna I'm gonna sit here and blabber a little bit so you cut back in. You're back. Oh. I see you moving. Oh, I said, and then Malik Carr at tight end should probably be your top target this year. Agreed. Malik Carr is a specimen. That guy guy's built yeah. like a truck. He's he's a transformer. Optimus Prime. So with that said, are you sold on this team winning seven games? I think I think they can. So I'm gonna sit here. I'm going through their schedule right now. Central Michigan win, Richmond win, Washington yep. lost. Loss. However, I'm going to give him a chance nope. because it's at Spartan Stadium. Nope. Yes, nope. yes. But Michael Penix is going to throw for 307,000 yards. Sure. Okay, fine. Loss, 2-1. and one. Maryland at home, win. Win. I'll give at you home, it. 3-1. and one. Iowa on the road. That Loss. scares me. Hold, can I just say one thing? That better not be that stupid stripe the stadium under the lights bullshit. If we have to go to Kinnick at night, we're screwed. Yeah. If it's a day game, give me like a 30% chance just because they can't score points. 
Not we won't be able to score on them, but they can't score on us. So maybe someone will kick a field goal if we have one of those that can make one this year. Oh, um, that's another thing. Who the hell is going to kick the ball? That can't be worse than last year. They're going to go for two every play. It's, it's... <laughs> um, Let's say Iowa lost three and two. Rutgers on the road win. Lost. Oh, come on. Lost. Oh, Greg Schiano is dead. Four and two. All right, fine. Four and two. Michigan lost. I'm lost. not even going to try it. Loss. I'll be happy if I'm wrong, but uh, four and three. Minnesota on the road. That is not Loss. the same. See, I disagree. This is not the same Minnesota team from a couple of years ago running around with Mo Ibrahim and a couple of NFL players at the secondary and the receiver position. I think Minnesota's a win. PJ Fuck has not had worse than eight and four season at Minnesota. Is he not? He has not. That's actually impressive. I don't care. It's going to change. Or he's just going to have to beat eight other teams. That won't be us. Five and three. Nope, four and four. Five and three. Nebraska, win. I think that's a win, yeah. I think Six Matt Rule will do a good job there, but not not this year. No, yeah, not yet. You're one. Six and three, Ohio State loss, Indiana win, Penn State loss. There's your seven and five. Yeah, I think, it, I think the two games I look at are Maryland. Um, and Minnesota. And Minnesota, yeah. I think those that those are the difference between either five and seven and no bowl game or seven and five and a bowl. Again, I could agree with that. I'm not sitting here saying that seven and five is like the the basement of what they should do. It's just that's what I accept. I, so, I, hear me out. Would you accept five and seven, but we beat Michigan? Fuck off! I hate this question. <laughs> it's a valid question. It's a valid question given the state of this program. And I'm... and okay, and, and I'll I'll give you one more caveat to it. It's the reason they they end up losing to Ohio State, so they don't make the playoff because of you. Oh, I'll take it. Yep. I, I what if they? It. What if they? What if they win a national championship despite losing to you? Oh, God. you're their only loss. No, I can't answer this question. What if you go six and six and make a bowl game, and that that's is still. But Michigan wins a national title. Michigan wins a national title, but you still beat them. Is the reverse side that they're guaranteed to not win, and or I still have to play the lottery for that one? What do you mean? Like, if they beat us, does that guarantee that they don't win the title, or does that mean that they still have to like the season plays itself out, and it's and it's an unknown. No, no, no. They, 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 you beat them, but they win a national championship. But I'm saying the flip side. Let's say they beat us. Is this guaranteed then that the other things, the flip side, that they don't win a title, or is it you leave oh, it on chance? Oh, oh, oh. No, they, they, they still win a title regardless. Oh, then I have to take the win over them. I'm not gonna. I'm not accepting a 15 and 0 Michigan. It better be 14 and one to us. Okay, okay. Then we'll That's... flip it. Then we'll flip it. Then so if you if they beat you. They, they don't win a national championship. Or you can beat them and they win a national championship. This might be the most sorry take of my life. I'll take the loss. Same. I, I cannot like, – given that we're already not competing for anything, like yep. if we're some 7-5 and five team, I don't care if they beat us or not. Oh, sorry, we went to the pinstripe bowl instead of the Cheez-It bowl. But if you're telling me that, oh, we beat them, but they win a national title – I I will I will not be able to live, so I I'm taking the loss. I agree. I I just can't. I can't. The day they win a national championship, I, I'm I'm getting on a plane. I'm moving to Papua New Guinea, and I'm overthrowing the local government. That's my that's my career plans if that happens. 
if you right before college football completely flips its head too, they yeah. just find, they just get one. I would I, I would be I would be heartbroken, <laughs> heartbroken. <laughs> so with that said, as far as national championship talk, the playoff picture. Yes. Uh, I I think there's uh, four teams with a legit chance, uh, and then I'll throw in two other teams that uh, I think I guess you could say five. I'll say five teams with a very legit chance of making the playoffs, and then I think there's one, two, three, four, five, five other teams that have a lucky chance if the schedule works out their way. Okay. So my five are obviously Michigan, Georgia, Alabama. Ohio State and LSU, and then those my are, next. Fu- those what? are your five that definitely have a shot. Yep. Okay. Uh, and then my next five that, if they get lucky or the schedule works out in their favor, USC, Penn State, Clemson, Florida State, and Washington. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't disagree with any of that. Um, I'll just kind of go ahead and tell you my four teams or my four and a half teams. I have Michigan. Georgia, and Clemson, Whoa. and then I have USC slash OSU, meaning if USC is a one-loss, one-loss champion, champion, they're in. Yeah. If they're not, I think it'll go to Ohio State. Yeah, I, I went. I tried so hard to not go basic. I have Michigan versus Alabama in the 1v4 game, and I have Georgia versus Ohio State in the 2v3 game. Basic as you can get, Georgia, Michigan as my final. And winning the national championship, I have the University of Michigan. Oh, no. You you disastrous men. I have I have Michigan Clemson in my 1-4, and then I have Georgia USC in my 2-3. My national title is Michigan versus USC, and I gave the national oh. title to Lincoln Riley. Wow, and year two at USC. Hey, they got Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. They do. They do. <laughs> You do. I do kind of in all that factors forget that that guy can actually win them games against any team in the country. Uh, um, so I went through the situations here. This is basically what happens. Uh, I said lock in no matter what Michigan and Georgia. I don't think there's any chance those two don't make it. Uh, I think Michigan is going to destroy Ohio State if I didn't say that already. Uh Okay, so Alabama or LSU loses in only the SEC championship or just one game and they win the SEC championship. So Georgia's a one-loss team, and uh, Bama or LSU are one-loss conference They're champions. They're both in. Then I say you lock Georgia, Michigan, or whoever that is, Alabama or LSU. Agreed. Uh, and then I say if Bama and LSU lose two games or more, this includes the SEC championship. You lock in Michigan, Georgia, a one-loss Ohio State, and then the ACC Big 12, Pac-12, one-loss champion. And okay. then I kind of went through who I thought those could be. Uh, I said they're going to beat each other up, and I don't know if USC got drastically better than last year, uh, but it would be them. And then I basically said the winner of Florida State, Clemson, has a legit chance even more than USC just because of the conference being so weak. And then I said, Big 12, no chance at all. Go fuck yourself. So I essentially, I have Clemson. I'm kind of with you as far as if I don't have one of the basic four. And if we do have a two-loss Alabama or LSU, which is fairly likely, uh, then I think it's actually going to be the winner of Clemson, Florida State, which is weird to say because I think of the 10 teams I named, 
I think those teams could easily probably be like eight or ninth on my list as far as who I think are the best. Yeah. Um, I, I just think the ACC is kind of weak this year. Um, if Florida State, you mentioned, if Florida State turns out to be fraudulent and Clemson's only game is Notre Dame, uh, I don't know. Do you know where they play this year? Is it at Notre Dame or is it in, in South Carolina? If off the top of your head. Off the top of my head, I don't know. I was going to okay, look it up. Not that it really matters. I I actually wouldn't be shocked. You mentioned this is Cade Club next year. The offense has changed. We know what the defense is going to be. They consistently put talent into the NFL right. at that level. They have talent again at that level. I, I wouldn't be shocked if Clemson walks in as a 12-1 and champ, if not 13-0, to be completely honest with you. Yeah, I mean – I would put them probably as the favorite against Notre Dame, and I think your probably Florida State game is too much of a toss-up yet. Like we, I want to see them play a little bit. Also, yep. also, you never know. It's kind of like what I said with Colorado, in that they could be start off the season zero and five, and that kind of just completely whirlwinds your season in a way it probably maybe never ever would have gone. It's kind of like Texas A and M last year; they kind of just like fell apart because they lost a couple games early. And if you win those games, maybe your season doesn't go anywhere near that bad. Yep. That could kind of be the same thing for like Florida State playing LSU. Like it's kind of like the line, it's kind of like the Lions playing the Chiefs. You get pumped on opening night. Who knows where your season goes from there? That's I, the more, think, I, I think that's a bad example because in the NFL, you have automatic berths with your division. You also have yeah. every win, only counting as one win. There's no style points. Kansas City could beat you a million to zero, and then you could go win your next games all by one point. You're still sixteen and one. Right. So I know I know, I know the Florida State example. You have to win them out. The yes. Yeah. I, I yeah that that might be a better way. I, like I said, with the loser of that game, or maybe a Texas you know, a Texas at Alabama thing, where you give yourself a guaranteed loss in this current scenario, or if you give yourself a loss in this current scenario of college football, you have now made your ice about as thin as humanly possible. And you're just going to crawl around on it until you either fall through or you don't. Yeah. Uh, let's end college football with the Heisman debate. Uh, I don't think it's much of a debate this year. I think it's Caleb Williams' award to lose. I, that's pretty much the Ooh. consensus take. So can I say one thing? Yeah. Not that I disagree that he's the best player, the number one pick. He did win it last year, and they hate hate giving it to repeat players forgot forgot so, that factor so i think the i think his issue per se is that he's going to have to outdo what he did last year and with no jordan addison does that happen i don't know so right. I, I think i think his way of winning the award now granted this is everyone's way of winning the award but he either has to outdo his numbers from last year and that's pretty significantly so that people notice hey, he's taken a step up. Like, you can't be 20 yards over the course of the season better yep. and expect that to be a significant step up. Or you got to lead, like I just said, USC to a to a playoff berth. Win the Pac-12 at 12-1 and one or better, and you, you you probably can win the Heisman a second year in a row. Yeah, if the not, playoff I, I do point. think it's going another way. The playoff, the making the playoffs is also a good point in terms of step elevating it to actually win the award. Um, so what I did, I kind of wrote down my top three quarterbacks because it usually goes to a quarterback statistically. Um, and then I wrote my top three non-quarterbacks, and then I have three sleepers. So I'll just start with my quarterbacks. Uh, I wrote Caleb Williams, obviously, Drake May out of North Carolina, 
although I mentioned he's at risk for the Sam Howell effect. Uh, and then I have as my third quarterback, Michael Penix Jr. Uh, so, I think I think he's going to throw for a ton of yards. He reminds me a lot of Hendon Hooker last year, kind of an older guy that's just going to throw a lot of deep balls and really air it out. Uh, I think the numbers are going to be there for him. Yeah, I I mean, he's got NFL receivers to throw to. It's not just the Adunze kid. I think they have another one. I think it's, I think his, his name might be McMillan, but I I might be just drawing blanks right now. I also have Michael Penix as one of my top three quarterbacks. And then for my third guy, I kind of went one of your directions, but I put two of them. I put Quinn Ewers and Drake May, and I kind of split them because, in my opinion, they're the same player this year in the sense that just they they can drag their Heisman candidacy as much as they want. If they yeah. if, if Drake May can drag his North Carolina team to an ACC playoff berth at ten and two or better, or damn near, maybe he wins an ACC title game. Maybe they're maybe they're eleven and two. Maybe you don't make the playoffs or whatever it might be, but. If you're an ACC champion, Drake May, dragging a load of crap behind you, it's going to be hard for them to not recognize that. The same thing with yeah. Quinn Ewers. Um, the thing I, I think kind of helps him is losing Bijan Robinson means a lot more of it falls on him now because he doesn't just turn around and hand it off like I said earlier. Yeah. It, it turns into, I need to go find Xavier Worthy. I need to go find my tight end, whose name escapes me at the, off the top of my head right now, but he's kind of an NFL prospect. It, it turns into more of a Quinn Ewers show, which I think can he can catapult himself into a Heisman thing under the same conditions as UNC. Go take go make Texas back and see what the Heisman voters do for you. And so, and uh, yeah, the Texas back thing is very real. If you if you bring Texas back, people are like that's an effect. People like Texas back. It's going to get recognition. Yep. So I, so I, I do are, like the Quinn Ewers. So I just those are my QBs. Uh, my non QBs. I think we'll have the same guys. So uh, I have Marvin Harrison Jr. Yep. He's the best receiver in the country. One of the best will be one of the best NFL prospects in a while at the position since probably Jamar Chase. Oh, um, see, I think he's better than Jamar Chase coming out of school. I think he's the best prospect since Julio. Okay. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't hate I, on that. I'm not I'm not saying it's some like I don't say that is like it's some it's supposed to be a fact. I, I yeah. certainly agree. I mean Jamar Chase took an entire season off football and was still a top six pick. Yeah. I understand he got to go to his friend's place, but it, it, it's that's impressive taking a year off to, to train and you still turn out to be that guy. Um but yeah, I think and Marvin Harrison is the best receiver. Yeah in the country. And if he does get Kyle McCord and because, because Kyle McCord's not as big of a name, I think he can use that Devonte Smith to him where the voters will say, you know what? It's a white kid. Let's have some fun. Let's, let's give it to the receiver. That's true. That's a good point. Uh, and then I have Blake Corum out of Michigan. Oh, uh, and that's if Donovan Edwards does not steal too many of his snaps, which is very, what could very well happen. So, yeah, I mean, I am glad you mentioned Donovan Edwards because I think Donovan Edwards is actually a better pro. And I, I say pro, yeah. better pro yes. running back than Cora. I agree. Uh, his receiving ability is that of Jameer Gibbs, that He's of bigger. CNC. He hates Jewish people, which is kind of crazy, um, considering half of his high school was Jewish. Um, but he's a sensational football player. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, like I said, it, it, as long as the snaps go – and that could be – like realistically, I, I know it's Quorum's technically one, but it could go the other way. Donovan Edwards could end up getting the bulk of the carries in some capacity for some reason, and he's right up there. 
Um, and then my last one is Brock Bowers, yes. ten, tight end from Georgia. Also kind of like Marvin Harrison. Do I actually think a tight end probably has a chance at winning it? Probably not. But he's too special of a recruit, a player, uh, an NFL prospect to really be left off the list just because he's that good. So one thing that I think is really interesting about Brock Bowers and maybe about Georgia itself is Brock Bowers is the attraction. There is no yeah. – it's not like other teams where they run around, let's say like Ohio State, where there's one or two first-round draft pick wide receivers on the team. It, it It's the Brock Bowers show on offense, and it will be even more so now that there's a new QB in play. Um, I, I like If you want to talk about hot takes, I I legitimately think he has a actual tangible shot at this, at this trophy. I think I could see this being kind of the Devontae Smith thing where people say, you know what, if it's going to go to someone playing that position, it's going to go to him. It, it's a down year. Or it's a down year for most of the quarterbacks and for the one that we think is obviously the best. He he won it last year, so he has to go. Yeah, that's a good point. By his own standards. I think Brock Bowers has a legitimate shot, depending on what happens with this Georgia offense and how much of it flows through him, the way it flowed through Devontae Smith after Jalen Waddle got hurt in 2020. I, th- I think there's a shot that he does pull off some something fan- fantastic. I think you mentioned the fact that he is such a special recruit, the fact that he is such a special prospect, I think will play to the emotions of the voters. I think he'll get some bonus points there. Um, I, you I mean, need Marvin Harrison Jr. to get hurt, and you need Caleb Williams to, like like you said, not be as good as last yeah. year. Um, agreed. Uh, also. I mean, I don't even think you need Marvin Harrison to get hurt. I think you just need to outproduce him. Yeah, I guess if you if like, you actually did, it'd be yeah. pretty hard to argue. Yeah. I, who's I your mean, third? Who's your third non QB then? Since you it is a combination, kind of like with the QBs of Rocket Sanders and Nick Singleton, both the running backs from Arkansas and Penn State. Yep. I think uh, with Singleton, Singleton's think, on my sleepers. I think it's for Singleton will be a little harder because Drew Aller is the kind of the hype quarterback, the five-star kid, the new guy. But he was sensational last year as a freshman. So good. He, he's only going to get better. Um, I think, like I said, I think either him or Sanders will be in the mix depending on how far they can carry their teams. Yep. If, you, if you see this Arkansas team win nine, ten games, which – I don't think it's possible because I don't think no. they're a good all-around team. But if they have that special talent, we watched Michigan State win 11 games with a special talent. So yeah. it's possible. Um, but I, somehow I think, not win a Heisman. Yeah, yeah that's true. They'll, they'll go give it to uh, my mom and dad. Actually, I'm just kidding. Bryce Young was filthy that year. Um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, Nick Singleton was on my sleepers list. Uh, yeah. I had – there's a lot of names you could throw on a sleeper list. So I kind of got super sleepery. Uh, Trayvon Henderson is on my list. I think okay. he's every bit as good as what Michigan's yep. featuring. Uh, yep. And then I have Cam Rising. I mentioned, mentioned him earlier, but I really love Cam Rising. I do I think, as well. I, I agree that the Utah's lost Dalton Kincaid and a lot of those weapons over the past two years. And they are they probably poised for that 10 and 2 or better season? I don't think so with the schedule. But he I love him coming back off of getting killed in the Rose Bowl by Penn State. I think he has a chip in his shoulder and he will be special this year. Agreed. Do you have any sleepers? No, I kind of I mean I kind of just stayed with the, the QBs, the non-QBs. Um if I have to throw a sleeper. 
I don't know if you consider this a sleeper. Maybe if Jaden Daniels can take LSU to the season that I claimed they're going to have at an SEC yeah. title game. Uh, I could see him popping up in, in New York or if I don't know if the Heisman travels around like the NFL draft these days, but I could see Jaden Daniels popping up there. Um, I mean, I could see any of the Pac-12 quarterbacks if they lead their teams to good seasons. I mean, J.J. McCarthy, it's it's tough because no, – It's Michigan, not that crazy to say. No, yeah. I was going to say it's tough because Michigan loves running the ball, and with that two-headed monster at running back, they might all just take Heisman votes away from each other. Yeah, McCarthy is the kind of the returning back from that or the returning quarterback from the playoff teams last year. I I I, I do think it's a wide open race. I'm sure Another, there will be some. What? I just I wanted to have one more name. Is go for uh, it. Sam Hartman at Notre Dame. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, I I think that's a bit, depending on their season. He could be up there yeah, as well. Yeah. I could certainly see some guy coming in having a Lamar Jackson type year or like a Dorian Thompson Robinson last year kind of before it slowed down at the end. But, you know, just some quarterback who's fun, electric, kind of what everyone wants out of college football, the the Johnny Manziel, the little guy that you've never heard of that's just beating Goliaths yeah. left and right. I think it's a wide-open year. There is no there is no returning Justin Fields, returning Bryce Young, returning Trevor Lawrence where you're like, oh, well, there's our Heisman right there. Well, I mean, there right. is, but they, he just got his Heisman. So. Fun fact, you brought up Manziel. A&M has not had a double-digit winning season since the 2012 Manziel Heisman year. Yeah, I'm not shocked. I mean, Jimbo Fisher's an idiot. That that program is so bad. So I mean, let me not bad because they they still they go eight and four every single year. It's it's death and taxes and eight and four Texas A&M, but yeah. it's it's just fraudulent. I mean, you you bought a recruiting class, you kicked half of them out. Uh, <laughs> You continue to lose stupid games to teams you shouldn't be losing to. I just think that Jimbo Fisher owes his career to Jameis Winston. Yeah, kind of like Mel Tucker owes his career to my friend <laughs> Kenneth Walker. <laughs> Absolutely. But uh, that's a, that's, this is about to be an hour and a half episode. This is probably going to be our longest one ever. And I'm so excited because it flew by. Yeah, and I want to bring up one more thing, one more hypothetical to you before we go. I love it. If, if – uh, Mel Tucker's buyout after this year would still be like sixty million uh, of the ninety-five million dollar contract. Yep. If he goes, if he goes four wins or worse, would you consider spending all that money to fire him at the end of this year? Four or less than four. Four or worse. So he's worse than last yeah. year. Yeah, I I know. I'm thinking at four. I wouldn't pull the trigger guarantee. Like I'm not saying I wouldn't not do it. I'm just saying at four, I would have to seriously bring the discussion of you'd have to call in Ishbia and the Smith guy that donated all the money for the contract. And you ask them because obviously they're the ones paying for it at the end of the day. Yeah. If it's less than, if it's less than four, I know I just botched your question, but if it's less than four, I agree with you. I, I I'm, I'm giving him a one-way plane ticket to somewhere. I don't even want to know where it is. I might say, Hey Mel, part of your buyout you book your flight and don't ever step foot in east lansing or okamas ever again yeah so if he goes and he only wins central richmond and like say Rutgers, done see ya i might i might revoke my michigan state fandom card i'd be so sad yeah i just want to throw that where where would your line be as far as getting rid of him this year because i'm sorry i think you cut out again 
say that it's both oh sorry say that one more time yeah i i just kind of wanted to gauge where you were at with getting rid of him because i know he has the big contract so you have to be somewhat careful and light because you can't just keep giving those out yep um you're not alabama um no. so and i'm pretty like hard on him and i'm I haven't been crazy about what's went down. So I don't, I, part of me really wants to say if he can't make a bowl game this year, see ya. Oh, like that, just, I think that's, that's too harsh. Um, that is too, I know that's like, too harsh. He goes I'm five not and saying, seven again. yeah, I'm not saying five and seven is like a, you shake his hand, you say, you know what, thanks for putting us back on track by no means. But I think if you say five and seven is see, I think that's a little harsh. And that's why I said, I, I think three or less is the line for direct see ya, get out. Don't ever step foot in whatever the zip code that East Lansing resides in ever again. I think four wins is where you have the the sit down with the big brass. You get the Ishbias, the guys who paid the money for the contract. You get, I mean, the athletic director's a, a pumpkin, but he's not going to make a call. But yeah, you let those two decide. At five, I don't think you, I don't think you can them at five. Obviously, if you get to six or seven, I think that's all right. That's kind of the like the stabilization that we've said about some of the yeah. other programs. And if you, I mean, if you can get to seven or God forbid eight, woo, we're back. <laughs> yeah, he's he's heralded in this town again. I know, uh, dude. We're such a Mickey Mouse program. We're sitting here talking about seven wins, like it's the greatest thing ever. So, so more, so more. He beats Central Richmond and Michigan. That's my three wins. Yep. Oh, I mean that, that that's not physically possible, but I'd probably still can him. He I beats know. he beats Richmond and Michigan. That's it. He goes two and ten, but he beats no, I mean, Richmond even at honestly, even at three and ten, I know it's a win over Michigan, but it I don't think I don't think that really matters because that's not some good barometer. Every coach that shows up is gonna instill hate for Michigan into his players. Yeah. I I, I like I said, three or less. I mean, I can't believe I'm about to say this. If he beats Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan, I might can the dude. <laughs> yeah, that that would dude, be the I, that would be the coolest college football season of all time if that happened. That I mean, that's essentially what 2020 was. No, like okay, but that was a fake year. Yeah, that was that was a and also one of the guys you beat was Northwestern. That's not exactly some. But they were the they were the best yeah, team. Of the they time. were they were in the title game. They were undefeated until they played us. I know that. I'm just saying that's not the same beast as knocking off Ohio State, yeah. Michigan, Penn State. Yeah. Just those are my final hypotheticals. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and yeah, uh, we made this an hour and a half. I'm proud of us. This was and minimal rambling, just pure college football, pure excitation for what starts four more days until we've hit the level of football being back. I'm I'm so ready for this, man. All right. So give me give me your craziest take on college football to close. That's like somewhat feasible, or I just say some stupid shit. Somewhat feasible that you you have you think is somewhat feasible. USC national champions. That is pretty crazy. Uh, I'm gonna say. What should I say? I'm gonna say Penn State makes the playoffs. Ooh, I like that. I like that. With That's that, gonna be mine. to anybody who made it an hour and a half into this, thank you very much. I, we hope you're as excited about college football as we are. This phrase for myself now has new meaning as we are less than 11 days away. But for me, go green.
We take on the chips, baby. Let's go. Thanks for tuning in, guys.